This is the Shoot Once Podcast. I'm Frank Walker. Welcome to the Shoot Once Podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, another week, another show. Kind of, again, still figuring out this video thing, so if you guys have been checking out us on YouTube, we do appreciate it. Uh, but again, the show's available everywhere that podcasts are available, iTunes, Google Play, I, anything at this point, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever you want to do, that's where we are at this point. So we're getting into a real interesting time. Um, depending on where you're at in the world, uh, you're seeing some things start to reopen depending on what state you're in. There's a, a different uh, appetite for that to happen, uh, different realities about how that's happening, and it it's getting interesting. Uh, we've got some states where things are opening up quickly. We've got some where it's taking their time. What's interesting we do have is we've got multiple state and and Canadian provincial governments. Very few things from federal levels at this point are. are I guess it'd be federal level in Canada too, but state and provincial governments in Canada, uh, the premier of Ontario has said that she gave the Maple Leafs and the, or gave professional teams kind of clearance to start practicing. Uh, the state I'm in Ohio, our governor, Mike DeWine actually said this week that he could see professional sports coming back. Uh, he put in a bunch of caveats about, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. He did say without fans, things are going to be a lot easier for that to happen but also made sure to point out that, you know, this is a, a fluid situation. Nobody really knows what's happening yet. Uh, nobody's 100% sure what's going to happen, but he seemed to have a high level of trust that the professional leagues would put together plans that would make sense as far as how sports would come back. Uh, so, and we're actually starting to see some stuff. UFC had their first fight. We're watching some uh, Korean baseball on ESPN these days. Um we're seeing uh, uh, UFC fights happen. Or I already said UFC. Um, uh, golf has started talking about their first events happening. Uh, racing is going to be coming back pretty soon. Some of these sports are easier to pull off than others. Team sports are going to be tougher. Uh, but some of the others we're seeing. So it, it's an encouraging sign. And I wanted to start this week by Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts column, which you can read at sportsnot.ca. And... He talks a lot about it, starting it up with what are sports going to look like when they come back. And we talked about this a little bit, and I've talked about it with people on Twitter. Just, you know, do you fake fan sounds? Do you do CGI fans? Uh, he talks about that here, that, that you know, that's been thrown around. Um, how are the feeds going to look? Is it something where when we get Blue Jackets games back, is it going to look like an NBCSN broadcast? Is it going to look like a Fox Sports Ohio podcast or broadcast? Or, or what's it going to look like? They throw up everything from, it might be like the Olympics where there's kind of a central feed that goes out and everybody kind of puts their own commentators on it, but it all looks the same. We're kind of knowing as a certainty that broadcast teams are going to be remote. Um, unless they do a, a universal broadcast, which would be essentially they put, they have one team, they have one set of camera people, and that's it. And that's the feed that gets sent out, and the networks can just broadcast what they send. What what Friedman gets to in his column is he says what's most likely is they will just send the raw video feed to the folks at uh, you know Sportsnet and NBCSN and and the the Fox Sports and the local broadcasters, 
and they'll be able to make it look how they want on top of that. Um, I've heard some people bring up the whole thing about if you don't pipe in crowd noise, you're going to hear a lot of terrible language. Uh, they, they have ways around that. I mean, they, they can do dump buttons. They can mess with the levels so you're hearing less of the talking and more of uh, the, the, the swooshing on the ice and things like that. But, I mean, obviously then you would still be hearing a decent amount of talking. My guess is what they'll do. Um, oh, one thing in the article that I really liked is they really do uh, talk about it um, a lot in terms of, uh, uh, you know, being able to innovate, be able to do video angles you couldn't do before, because before you have to do an angle in mind of there's fans in all these stands, there's fans everywhere. So we have to, we can only do certain angles. You can do a lot more now. You can put cameras all throughout the arena. I, I honestly, what I would expect, especially as you start getting into the the later rounds of, of the finals and and the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, it wouldn't surprise me if, especially, you know, if Sportsnet or NBCSN set up two or three, you know, four or five extra cameras just in the kind of the lower bowl around it that are RoboCam. So they don't have to have a man, you don't have to have a man or woman operating them so you can avoid, you know, having more people on site because they talk in this a lot about the problem of an operations truck because it's a condensed work area. But you have these robo cams that you can then control from some uh, remote location and keep an eye on the action. And, and you can give us different angles than we've seen before. And also the issue of language on the ice, it's not that hard. You have one or two guys sitting there with headphones on trying to hear just the words. And when someone drops a curse word, you hit the dump button. It's something known about in radio called the dump button where if somebody says something they shouldn't on the air, uh, essentially all radio broadcasts go normally at like a two or three second delay so that if you're interviewing someone on live radio and they drop the f-bomb you hit the button and that's it there there you know you get you get about three seconds of dead air and that's what i could expect hearing um just you know somebody who's got the audio from that if they pick up something they shouldn't you hit it and you get about two seconds of dead air and all you hear is the announcers for those two seconds their their mics wouldn't go off and i don't think anybody would notice also watching korean baseball I, in about 30 seconds, I realize it doesn't bother me that I'm not seeing fans in the stands. I don't care. It's fine. We can we can move on. I, I'm seeing sports. I'm happy. Obviously, I don't want this long term because, especially in things like the playoffs, I mean, a baseball game is kind of quiet anyway, but when you get into hockey playoffs, you want it loud. But, again, nothing's going to be perfect right now, so we'll just move on with what we have. Um, jumping in, The Athletic released a player poll, which I find interesting, talking about what do you want to see this season look like to players. Because we've heard a lot about this. Um, a lot of players are voicing a, dis, a, a, a concern about potentially having to uh, play with their families, you know, being sequestered from their families and different things. And the question of just how do you want to see the season play out? Most of them still want to play some regular season games. Um, some are saying straight to the playoffs, but it's only 12.3% that said cancel everything. Players want to play. That, that is what it is for them. They want this to happen. The fact that for this season to just end, they would hate it because that competitive fire they've been putting out there for all this time is just gone. It's just, oh, all that work, all that stuff, that's gone. Now, I know some people are saying, well, let's just, let's not affect next year and get this one done. Next year's going to be affected at this point. Um, the NHL has kind of made it clear that if they can't get fans in the stands, it's tough to start next season. 
So next season's going to be affected. Get it out of your head right now. Oh, let's just preserve next season to be how, how we want it to be. That's not going to happen. So things are going to get a little weird. Also, something that happened this week that I didn't, I didn't touch on. Uh, it looks as if the draft, the original idea of, of moving up the draft, that seems to have been tabled for the time. Uh, it's, it's one of those weird situations where Bettman and Daly, the, the, the head office of the NHL, seem to be really behind that happening. And normally if they're behind something, it happens. But I think there was just too much pushback from general managers and thus the governors who some of the people who sit on the board of governors or general managers, normally it's closer to like team presidents and owners. They probably heard all the way down. No, not until we know how the season's playing out. We don't want to draft until we know how the season's playing out. Now, one of the hosts of uh, the, the Winged Wheel podcast who does a, a po- they do a podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings fans have been very, very vocal that they want the draft plan as it was <laughs> because they want that guarantee that they will get no worse than the second pick, which, hey, I, I'm, I'm not going to hate on them for it. I would want that too if I was a Red Wings fan and had to watch the season. They just had to watch. But he put up a proposal of go ahead and settle on a 24-team playoff, and we've discussed the ways that could exist, and then let the seven teams that aren't going to make it, let them all be in the lottery and any one of them could win the number one overall pick. Um, now, in that theory, yes, the Red Wings are still guaranteed second overall. I would be fine with that. I don't see that being a problem. If Because here's the thing that I didn't want as a Blue Jackets fan. If they make these changes to the lottery, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, well, we're not going to... The Blue Jackets can't win the first overall pick. Okay. If we make the playoffs, that's fine, because we weren't going to anyway. But then what if they say, no, we're going to do a 16-team playoff based on points percentage? Then the Blue Jackets lose out on the playoffs and that chance of the number one overall pick, which, again, I know that the Blue Jackets' chance of the number one pick or moving into the top three is real low to begin with, but you lose all of it. And and I understand a lot of Red Wings fans were like, oh, what every other sport, it's or not every other sport, actually. Basketball also does a lottery. But in football, if you're the worst record, you get number one. And that's the thing. If if those had been the rules, the reason people are feeling like things aren't fair is that going into this season, we all thought it was going to go one way. So if it goes any other way and not to the benefit of the team you you or I root for or whoever it is in this particular situation, they're going to say it's not fair. And that's just what it's going to be. And they're not going to be wrong. Everyone is right when they say this isn't fair because... It's not the rules we started the game under. When the rules change mid-game, there's an element of it feeling not fair, and it's right. That is entirely correct. It's not fair. Now, nothing's going to be totally fair at this point because the world's gone upside down, but that just is what it is. I, but I, I, anybody who feels... There, there seems to have been a lot of back and forth on Twitter of people being like, oh, well, no, it should be this way because that'll be... It, everybody's going to feel like they're not being treated fairly, or at least a, a large amount of people will by the time it's all said and done. But I, I'm kind of glad we're moving back the draft. Now, that hasn't been set in stone. It could come out next week. They're like, oh, no, we're going to do it. It just got moved back one week. But the longer we go without them saying, yes, the draft is happening earlier, the less like, the more likely it's being moved to the other side of the season because the, the the thing they're not going to do is we're going to do the draft while the season's still being played out. That's not going to happen. Maybe you could pull it off if you get to, like, the Final Four, 
but I don't think the NHL wants to lose the eyeball event and doesn't want to overshadow their own draft with the fact that the playoffs are going on or the other way around, overshadow their playoffs with the fact that the draft is happening. Because if you get down to, you know, four teams that aren't huge draws nationally, like let's say it's, let's say the Eastern Conference Final is the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes, so two not big market teams. And the Western Conference Final is... I don't know, the Wild and the Coyotes. Things just go nuts. And we've got four relatively small markets in that final four. Well, if you do the draft, I mean, Detroit's a huge market. And say Buffalo wins and moves up. If those two markets are like, oh, the draft, then that's going to overshadow your own playoffs, which you really don't want to do. But, I mean, right now, they were saying that they wanted to start it now because then the earliest the draft would be would be a month. So the first weekend of June. Right now, they're already talking about trying to be in training camps by June. So that's the thing. I think we're getting kind of past that. So moving on to our next thing, um, talking about, and this was an article Portsline put out a couple weeks back, so I don't mind sharing it quite as much now, about the injuries for the Blue Jackets. We've talked about this. The fact that, you know, if the Blue Jackets do get in and are able to play playoff games, this time off will be somewhat beneficial because they had so many injuries to key players. Now, we know that Cam Atkinson was going to come back right before all this happened. He actually said, in now what is an ironic statement, before the Pittsburgh game, unless something crazy happens, I'm playing tomorrow night. Well, something crazy did happen. The whole NHL and all of sports shut down. So he didn't play that night, but he would be back. Dean Kukin, giving the Blue Jackets more defensive depth, would be back. Seth Jones should be back. The whole the reason he did surgery is opposed because the, the nature of the ankle injury he had, he didn't have to have surgery. But it would heal faster if he did. And the reason he did was essentially he was told that if he if he made if he did the surgery, there was a chance that he could still play in the playoffs. And he thought, hey, I want my team to make playoffs, and I want to be there for him. Well, that would have, that would have been about second or third week of April. Well, we're well past that at this point. He's ready to go. Bjorkstrand essentially had the same injury that that Seth Jones did. He only had it eleven day, twelve days later. So once we got twelve days past the middle of April, which we're in now, we're in almost mid May. Bjorkstrand should be back, which is a huge boost for the Blue Jackets. We've essentially got our number one or number two D-man, depending on how you talk about it, and our best winger back, and our other best winger back. I mean, that's huge. Our whole top five looks different. Our starting five on the ice looks different then. Nathan Gerby, they said he will most likely be back. Um, Plan to start skating before the end of April. So, I mean, should be ready to play by the end of May or June. Again, talking about June. Alexander Tessier. Maybe he had a weird, you know, the stress fracture in the back is tricky. So it, it's strange. They had him listed as indefinitely. We'll see. Even The weird thing is at this point, Josh Anderson might even be in play. Because if you remember, Josh Anderson had the weird shoulder issue. And then when he had surgery, the idea was he'll be back next season. Yarmo was saying if we're playing in August, he could be back playing for us. That's nuts. Can you imagine... Uh, that we enter a world where the playoffs start, say, mid-June or late June, and the Blue Jackets make a Stanley Cup final run, 
And in the conference final or in the cup final, they add Josh Anderson back from injury. That'd be crazy. That'd be awesome. I, I would love to see something like that happen. Um, it would just be bizarre. And But the fact that this team could be healthy again, I mean, how long has it been since we've seen this team with both Cam Atkinson and Oliver Bjorkstrand on the ice? And then Seth Jones, and you just... Without with those injuries, and if we have both Jonas and Elvis healthy, this team can be really good. This team, who knows? Maybe they make a Cinderella run. Maybe this is their year to pull off the miracle. And all the people out there would be like, "Oh, it was the COVID season. It doesn't count." I wouldn't care. I'd just be like, "That's oh, a cup. We got a cup." Because that everybody, it's not like players would play less hard because there was this big shutdown. Now, would things get crazy? Yes, but that craziness happened to everybody. It's not like some team got an advantage out of this because all the because while we're getting healthy, all the other teams are getting healthy too. Now, the fact that we took so many more injuries than other teams means this is better for us, but we'll be better off on what we're seeing there. So, I'm gonna turn that off. Um, I, I am I'm excited with what we could be seeing out of these injuries coming back. So it, it's really quite cool. Uh, Athletic also put out a cool piece. No, don't do that. Go away, fit thing. Um, where essentially, I'm in the wrong thing. It ranks teams by where they're at goalie-wise. And the Blue Jacks got 25th, and, what, and that is a good thing. Uh, they were ranked by need, by how much they needed a goalie. The Blue Jacks obviously don't need a goalie. We've got two goalies, Elvis Mers, Lincoln, Jonas Corposalo signed long-term. Here's the thing. A lot of Blue Jackets fans talk about, okay, we're going to have to trade one of those guys at some point. Here's the part of this article that is interesting. They list about a dozen goalies who are going to be UFAs, who are going to be UFAs this season. And their names that we all know. Anton Kadobin, Ryan Miller, Robin Lehner, Corey Crawford, Jacob Markstrom, Brian Elliott. Uh, Jimmy Howard, again, maybe you don't want Jimmy Howard, but he's going to be out there. Cam Talbot, Braden Holpe, Mike Smith, Keith Kincaid's all right. Craig, I don't know if Craig Anderson really counts. Louis Domingue, Anton Forsberg. So these are guys who have spent time in the NHL. If all these guys are out there, and you try and trade a team in Elvis Corpusalo or Jonas Corp or an Elvis, <laughs> that was so bad, an Elvis Mers Lincolns or a Jonas Corpusalo. If, if Cam Talbot's still out there unsigned, or Mike Smith, or Braden Holpe, I mean, how much do you want to give up for one of those goalies? Because if all you're giving up is money for the other guys, trading away assets, trading away good assets for that, doesn't seem like something you'd want to do. So that's where we're at at this point on the goalie thing. I, what I'm trying to do is throw water on all the people like, oh, we're going to have to trade a goalie at some point. Eh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I fully expect Jonas Corpusalo and, and Elvis Mers Lincolns to play out these contracts and for one of them to get an extension at the end and the other one to just leave. Maybe we trade them for like a fourth round or a fifth round pick. If one of them we center in on as, you're our guy, and we trade the other for like a fifth round pick at the deadline one year be, or you know a fifth round pick at some point because we have somebody else who we think can be a backup, that might happen, but I, I wouldn't put my money on it. Last thing tonight, um, Awful Announcing put out something. Uh, it was a conference call that the Sinclair CEO had. Um, and these happen. Uh, essentially, publicly traded companies like Sinclair 
will do these calls where they essentially talk to just tons of investors. <coughs> and the questions came up about sports um, and what's going to happen. And essentially what he pointed out was, you know, we pretty much have the rest of the season, the rest of the year for these sports teams to meet their obligation before we have to return carriage fees to the companies that were carried on. So like, say you have um, YouTube TV or you have Comcast or you have DirecTV. Essentially how this works is uh, Sinclair, Fox Sports Ohio, pays the Blue Jackets X amount of dollars for the games. As part of that contract, the Blue Jackets have to play so, so many games. If they don't, they owe a refund to Sinclair. Now Sinclair, when they go and they go to DirecTV and they say, hey, we want a dollar per subscriber, or a dollar twenty, or a dollar four dollars, whatever it is. They can get that because they say, "Hey, with that, your your subscribers get the Blue Jackets and the Reds and the Cavs." Now, what's going to happen at this point is Directv and all those companies are going to come to Sinclair and say, "Hey, we didn't get those games, so why were we paying you all that money?" So Sinclair is going to owe money back to them. Well, Sinclair's just not going to give it to them out of the goodness of their heart. They're going to go back to the leagues and say, hey, we need to be made whole because you guys didn't play. And and that's part of what's going on, these rebates. So when you hear talk about why hockey's going to kick back in and why sports want to kick back in, even with no fans in the stands, it's that they don't want to lose this money. They don't want to lose this TV money. And for the Blue Jackets, what I fully expect and what I kind of expect for this 2014 playoff to do, one of the reasons they want to do it is that for the 24 teams, and and if you don't remember, the way this 2014 playoff is set up is this concept where essentially the it would be something like the top three teams in each division, or top four teams, something like the top three teams in each division, they're in, so that gives you what, six? That gives you 12 teams already. And then the next... The next, like, eight teams or something, they essentially play little three-game mini-series to then earn spots in what would be a playoff that would be just like the normal playoff. Um, and the purpose of this would be that then when you went... Essentially, it's to make up for the idea that you didn't finish a season. So now you kind of get to prove yourself head-to-head against somebody to see if you're in that playoff spot. Now, where these leagues probably are interested in this is what will probably happen is they will go to the regional sports networks like Fox Sports Ohio. And the if like the Blue Jackets, if they're in one of these series, those games will prob- would appear on Fox Sports Ohio. And my guess is because they would technically be playoffs would also appear nationally on NBC so that NBC could say, so they could count those towards games against NBC. But here in, in Ohio, you wouldn't be able to see the game on NBC. You'd have to watch it on Fox Sports. And then what would happen is, for Fox Sports, those would get to count towards the total games. And then for NBC, they would get to count towards the total games. And then Fox Sports also gets the first round of the playoffs if the Blue Jackets make it. So that might help offset some of that and help be part of that deal. So it's a... It's getting a little complicated, but I mean, that's part of the reason you're going to see all these things start to carry through. So there's a lot going on, guys. There's a lot of moving parts. Tomorrow morning, you might start listening to this podcast and then see a, a tweet 
10 minutes into listening to it that, you know, they've decided to do the early draft or, or oh, we have the day we're going to launch games. Who knows? Um, but I do want to thank you all for listening. Uh, keep an eye on the YouTube channel. I'm trying to do more content there that is just for the YouTube channel. But thank you very much for listening, and go Jackets. This has been the Shoot Once Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shoot Once Pod.